Welcome to Hub and Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub and Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hello, everyone. Welcome to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast. I'm Chris Lenton. It's May 4th. Today, our guest is Alvaro Rios. Alvaro is currently the managing director at the consultancy Gas Energy Latin America, based in La Paz, Bolivia. Alvaro has many years in the energy industry and has served previously as executive secretary of Latin America Energy Organization, or OLADE. And he was also the minister of hydrocarbons of Bolivia in 2003 and 2004. Alvaro, good to talk to you again. Hello, Christopher. Good, uh, Chris. Uh, good to uh, talk to you again, and uh, let's uh, renew our votes that uh, we see each other again in, in, in conferences around the, the region, okay? That would be good. It was great seeing you uh, just last week, or was it two weeks ago now in Santiago at the Latin America Energy Summit? A very interesting panel that we had, and I think that's that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast to sort of uh, expand on some of those, those ideas. I mean, right now, the energy industry is, and in particular, natural gas is in a real mess. Uh, some say it's the worst crisis we've seen since the 1970s. Today, Henry Hub prices are around $8. Do you get the sense that the industry sort of expects those prices to remain remain this high? I think for a while, yes, because uh, I think the situation starts prior to the pandemic, okay? We have seen uh, restrictions in financing to oil and gas companies around the world. Yeah. Okay, so we have to go to renewables. That was the message. So restrict financing in the stock market, restriction of financing to, to, to oil and gas companies, penalizing them. So that, that, that brought a lesser amount of investment in the oil and gas in industry, not only in exploration, but also in production. Mm. So when pandemia hits the, the industry, the oil and gas investments even went further down because prices really went down because of low demand. Mm. And so that even brought investments down. And then you you finish the pandemia, the virus uh, cycle, and uh, everybody started going back to to create new jobs and to buy, going back to normal. And we started seeing high pricing even before I mean, Ra- Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm. So, so when when this last event happened, you have the perfect storm, I would say, because all of a sudden the European Union wants not to rely on Russian gas, and 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 it's trying to source it from somewhere else, mm. and that's not possible, you know, and that creates a huge spike in demand, of course, and in prices, especially of LNG. Okay, so that's where we are, and that's where this turmoil of, of gas supply, demand, and pricing has brought us at the, at the at this beginning of May when we're doing this recording. Yeah, and that has really serious impacts on the countries in South America and especially in the countries on, in the southern region, Chris. Yeah, so let, let's let's talk about South America. It's not only a tight market in Europe, but it's also a tight market in. Latin America and South America in particular. In your country, in Bolivia, Bolivia used to be sort of the the country that supplied gas to the rest of the region, but you get the sense that that won't be the case for very long. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Yes, uh, Bolivia for a while was the 
I would say the hub for gas distribution in the cent- in the in the southern cone. I mean, Bolivia had gas uh, to to ship to Brazil. I had plenty of gas to even supply more to Argentina and and keep up with its internal growing demand, even with some urea plant and some other industrial projects that were created. Mm. But uh, I, I think we, we we milked the cow in, in Bolivia, and we did not bring new reserves to compensate for the strong production that we were having. In 2014, for example, uh, our peak production, we were producing 61 million cubic meters per day. As of today, that production is down to 41, so 41 million cubic meters per day. So that's that is a, a large drop in, in gas production and in gas production capacity, and that curve cannot be slowed down soon, uh, I would say, in the, in, the, in the next five years. Bolivia did not explore enough to replace uh, what we have been producing. So we were drilling about two exploration wells per year over the past five, six years, uh, when we really needed to do, uh, I would say, between 10 and 20 at least per year. Mm-hmm. So this decline will continue down, and uh, two, three years down the road, we wouldn't have any more gas to supply to Argentina. We will not have that gas. So Argentina needs to do its own work because there's plenty of discovered gas, I would say discovered, it needs to be produced in Argentina. So Bolivia is not a hub for supplying the southern cone anymore. And that that has to be taken by Argentina because Argentina, Vaca Muerta, has discovered gas. Yeah. Bolivian gas has to be discovered. And, and that's an if there because these are conventional wells, uh, very deep expensive, and they're still to be found. And I don't know if, if exploration will really come to Bolivia, massive amounts, and if we were lucky, striking, um, I mean, good prospects. So I would say that in the southern cone, we have to be smart, and our Argentinians have to be smart to use all existing infrastructure to replace Bolivian production, because as our numbers say and predictions says, I mean, 10 years from now or 12 years from now, I mean, depending on how you use the gas, or 13 years from now, uh, probably Bolivia will be needing to import some natural gas, Uh, all depending on how these fracture wells decline over time and also how demand is placed on on these producing uh, fields that we have. So I think uh, the Southern Cone needs to play a smart role in, in help Argentina produce this gas that is already available in Baca Muerta, where a number of players have drilled pilot wells uh, with low cost of production. And this gas can really go over the mountains to Chile, can really go over to uh, Uruguay, can go over to uh, Bolivia when it's needed further down the road. But mostly, it can go regionally into Brazil using three options. I mean, using Bolivian gas pipelines that are empty, they can also uh, try to build a new pipeline to connect Uruguayana with Porto Alegre there uh, in the southern part. Or alternatively, some LNG can be shipped to Brazil. I mean, uh, if we don't do that, if Baca Muerta does not build infrastructure and does not develop fully, the region is going to continue importing billions and billions of dollars in competing with expensive LNG that uh, everybody's trying to get. So that is really, I would say, excuse me, the word stupid, not to develop Baca Muerta and replace Bolivian production and ship that gas across to the countries with existing infrastructure. So 
that has to happen. If, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be too very sad because that is uh, eroding billions of dollars of imported LNG from other parts of the world when we have it ready available in the southern cone. Yeah. Well, but to go back to your point beforehand, you made the the point that investors are not pushing for more growth. We're looking at the, the earnings season in the, in the United States right now, and E&P companies have essentially said that they're going to return cash to shareholders and they're not producing significantly more despite the high prices. Why do you think that that might be different in Argentina? Well, I, I, I think the, the, the situation in, in, in the United States is a little bit different because of the hedging of financing that have been used here. I mean, some of the financing conglomerates or companies have been severely striking. Yeah, and, and just, just to interject, you, you said here because you're right now you're in Texas for the OTC conference. In the States, yeah. I okay. am here and I, I all, all, we, all we hear here and all we learn here is that these financing institutions, banking, banks and so forth, have, have been uh, struck seriously by fracking, okay, and by the fracking activity. So they're more cautious now in order to loan more investments into the, the gas industry, even, even though there's a good future in the international markets. But uh, Argentina's situation is different. I mean, you have all the existing f- infrastructure in place, at least to replace Bolivian production and use existing infrastructure. I mean, very small amounts have to be invested. I, I would say that the region needs $5 billion in order to displace all most LNG from being used in the region by using existing infrastructure and doing some new one. While one small plant of one a train of LNG from the United States, only one, cost that amount of, of money. So I think the situation is a little bit different, but also you have to tackle with uh, the things that we have in, in, in the Southern Cone. I mean, it's difficult to invest. There's no dollars in Argentina. I mean, the rules are changed all the time. So so those are different different situations, I would say, to compare between what is really restricting the activity more fully in the States than what is restricting fully the activity in Latin America. I would say Latin Americans, we always are nostalgic when uh, nostalgic, as we say in Spanish, when it comes to bringing massive amount of investment needed like right now. Yeah. And speaking of massive amounts of investment, there's this very, very big project that's happening in Argentina that's planned to happen, the Nestor Kirchner pipeline that would take gas from Baca Muerta to Buenos Aires and eventually displace some Bolivian gas by rerouting the pipelines to the north. What are what are the advances? What have you heard about the advances of that infrastructure project? Well, well, uh, as as we have heard in the conference in Santiago, Chris, and and also last developments, uh, not much. <laughs> it's been two weeks, and this this thing hasn't moved forward really because construction needs to be awarded. If this winter is not to be duplicated in 2023 winter, okay? Mm. Uh, this pipeline needs investment. I mean, Argentina needs those dollars and, it, and it's throwing away billions of dollars into importing LNG when the product is ready available to be produced. So uh, tackling down $3.5 billion from wherever, it's so important because it can be paid back in next next winter's LNG imports. So that is why we don't understand. I mean, yeah. even though this pipeline is so important, it's been three weeks 
since we thought the, the construction was going to be awarded, but it didn't happen until now. So we, we I can bet you now that is the pipeline is not going to be ready for next year. And Argentina is going to have another energy crisis next year. And the region is going to continue importing billions of dollars of LNG when it's very scarce. Yeah. And then you also have the risk of another government. And whenever there's a new government, legacy, you know, important infrastructure projects sometimes get shelved. That is right. I mean, this pipeline, this set of pipelines were studied in 2018. They should have been implemented in 2019. But politics in, in, in Argentina, they knew that Bolivian production was going down. They knew that this, this was going to happen, not in this magnitude, but uh, politicians just um, never do their, their right work. In, in Argentina, uh, you need the permission of the politicians just to, to do anything, even scratch your nose. <laughs> yeah, well, as the the son of Argentine parents, uh, I can I can relate. I prefer Messi to energy. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, uh, media lunas, media luna, Alvaro. But so let's 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 look at LNG a little bit. Last year, Brazil was one of the the, the major LNG importers, and, and Argentina has to import a lot of LNG to keep the lights on this winter. Do you see Brazil and Argentina continuing with with that pace, or is it simply going to be too expensive for them to import these LNG shipments this upcoming Southern Cone winter? <laughs> well, they they like Argentina is is with Venezuela are probably the, the only two countries that are. Uh, have short of supply. I mean, they, they have a rationing of, of energy in, in, in South America. And that should be, ha- that shouldn't be happening in Argentina, neither in Venezuela, because the resources are right there. Okay. It's just a matter of lack, lack of planning, lack of policy and politicians not, not putting themselves, their act together in order to, Put that gas into the market, and I, if if this pipeline does not fly within the next thirty days, next winter, there we're gonna see be seeing the same uh, the same story once again that Argentina has to import a lot of LNG, and that is very sad for Argentinians because I mean people are getting in poverty every year, more people go into poverty, and a lot of has to happen with these high energy imports when the resources are right there to be produced. Yeah. Well, just just a a final question. I don't want to keep you too long, Alvaro. Venezuela, there's been a lot of talk about the industry building up again, especially now with the war in Ukraine and perhaps the the dropping of, of sanctions. Do you see Venezuela as being able to once again be a provider of oil and perhaps even natural gas to the global market? Well, the resources are there. The heavy oil from Venezuela is needed in the refineries around the world, especially now that there's these penalties against Russian oil. But uh, it's going to be very slow. I mean, uh, Venezuela has to undergo a process of privatization. And this is the pendulum in Latin America. Probably Bolivia will have to go under a privatization in the next three years because the, the whole industry has been collapsed under one state oil company. Same thing in Venezuela. But I think uh, Venezuela is, is uh, in Maduro regime, starting to realize that uh, in order to be in power or in order to, to have a little bit more pragmatic with their, with their citizens, they need to start moving into how the world works. I mean, we need investment in the region, and that investment is brought by the private sector. And when it 
when you go down and tackling the whole the whole energy sector into one company like PDVSA or YPFB, the results are right there. You, you can see that uh, for two or three or four years, it's the glory, but then the results are not having enough supply, production drops, and, and, and the cycle goes on. So I think Venezuela is, is privatizing small things under the table, and it's going to do a larger effort uh, later on in the next years. Okay, fantastic. Alvaro, let's leave it there. I hope to see you soon, perhaps at the Mexico Gas Summit in early June. And if not there, then then soon. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Chris, and thanks for the interview. And uh, let's uh, hope we can see each other again soon. Sounds good. Take care, Alvaro. Thank you. Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or bid-week pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub & Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate, and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page. 